Good morning. Welcome to the View from the Rim podcast. This is season number three, and this is the first episode. Thank you so much for listening. I've been uh, away, obviously, at Scout Camp. If you listen or read in other locales uh, doing that, I've just not really had time, and it's really a bad excuse. Uh, had a lot of things uh, on my mind that I was working on and such, and so not a big opportunity uh, to really sit down and do this. But here we are, season number three, uh, first episode. And I wanted to talk, well, first, um, at church on Sunday, the first time I've been able to attend church in a couple months, um, we sang for the uh, hymn to prepare to take the sacrament. The song, Tis Sweet to Sing, The Matchless Love, is written by George Manwaring, um, is actually two different arrangements of it in the uh, hymnal of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're back-to-back. We sang the one that I did not, well, it's my lesser favorite of the two. Um, The way it's sung, it has all four verses in it, whereas my preferred arrangement uh, has three verses with the fourth verse repeated each time as a chorus and so i wanted to uh, well we'll see if see if we can sing it out and see how that goes tis sweet to sing the matchless love of him who left his home above and came to earth O wondrous plan to suffer, bleed, and die for man. For Jesus died on Calvary that all through him might ransomed be. Then sing hosannas to his name. Let heaven and earth his love proclaim. Tis good to meet each Sabbath day and in his own appointed way partake the emblems of his death and thus renew our love and faith for Jesus died on Calvary, that all through him might ransomed be. Then sing hosannas to his name. Let heaven and earth his love proclaim.
Oh, blessed hour, communion sweet, when children, friends, and teachers meet, and in remembrance of his grace, unite in sweetest songs of praise. For Jesus died on Calvary, that all through him might ransomed be. Then sing hosannas to his name. Let heaven and earth his love proclaim. The tune's name for that is called Hancock, and the music was arranged by Ebenezer Beasley. What a beautiful song, uh, to, and it really fits in with the theme for today. And the choice that I've po- chosen was uh, a topic that was hinted on by our bishop um, as he spoke this past Sunday. And it was uh, based on a talk by, given by Elder Neil L. Anderson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. For the Church of Jesus Christ, and uh, it was given back in oh, October of 2015 General Conference, and the title is "Faith is Not by Chance, but by Choice." And that's a very intriguing uh, to me title Uh, it speaks a lot to how we perceive things in this world there's a growing number in the united states a population of people who are who self-identify as non-religious perhaps not atheists although that number is increasing or agnostic but they just don't go to church, or maybe they only go to church maybe a handful of times each year. And it's important to understand that to perceive things or to understand things of the spirit, of a spiritual or religious nature, one has to have faith in the tenet, or the commandment, if you will. For you to have a faith, uh, to have faith, for example, in the commandment regarding tithing, a tenth of your earnings, that faith has to be built over time and experience, but it has to start with a belief, in the case of tithing, that the Lord will open the windows of heaven. Now, does that mean that if you pay your tithing, that you're immediately going to receive blessings that you cannot contain? Um, No, it doesn't mean that. 
And of course, the agnostic and atheist at this point is saying, see, see, you have to believe. Obedience is important. Obedience to the commandments. Obedience is the first law. If you love me, keep my commandments, the Savior taught. But obedience isn't enough. You have to believe that by you exercising faith, remember James taught, faith without works is dead. And so just believing also isn't enough. It has to be combined with the obedience. Plus, you have to be looking for the miracle in the case of tithing, the windows of heaven opening. But more better said, or better said, is you have to believe. Many people today see a world without miracles, or they see a world of misery, and they ask how God can allow such things to happen. Or if there is a God, why do these terrible things happen? And as has been mentioned many times here on the rim, I've spoken of the fact that one of the purposes of our coming to earth to experience mortality is to learn faith. And if we are looking for a miracle or a sign from God, we will find it. Elder Anderson pulls a quote out of 1 Corinthians. Um, chapter 2, verse 14. And it's very important to what we're going to be talking about today. And that is, of course, out of the King James Version. That's uh, the version that I will quote any uh, biblical passage from. And it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. We have to understand with faith, with the light of Christ that dwells within all of us, no matter what we've done in our life, that light is within each of us. But we have to look to see it. We have to look to Christ to see the miracle of his life, the miracle of all creation in reality, for he truly did create the world. The point, of course, is not to get into a discussion of creationism versus evolution. I'm not, I, I don't bother with such things that, because I'm not concerned about that. One could ask, 
Where did matter come from? It's sort of the same question, except for tailored to uh, those who refuse to discern through the Spirit. A sunset. The bloom of a flower. A smile at a most needed moment by a passerby. Coincidence, the atheist and agnostic would say. My experience is there's no such thing as coincidence. But what about those terrible things that happen? Again, they're here. They happen to teach us to have faith in spite of them. They happen to teach us to serve others who need our help in times of need, to spend a lifetime serving those that may not ask for that help, but need it nonetheless. Our faith is not static. And it's something that we choose to have. You know, there was a, a saying frequently in times of war that there are no atheists in foxholes. That, my friends, is would be what Elder Anderson would, re, would refer to as a faith by chance. You don't want to die. And so, hey, I'm going to pray. But you know what? God accepts those prayers just like he accepts the prayers of the truly faithful. And as to that faith, we choose every moment whether to let that faith grow or fade away. He recounts a couple of stories. One is a, um, a young man in Brazil. He was baptized into uh, the Church of Jesus Christ at 21. He uh, wanted to and began to prepare to serve a mission for the church. Um, shortly thereafter, his mother was diagnosed with cancer. And three months later, Shortly before she died, she told him that her greatest concern was that there were no relatives to help him take care of his family. Had two younger sisters and a younger brother. And so he felt that his dream for a mission was over because he would need to work to care for his family. But as he worked, and as he continued in his faith, he started to get the feeling that he needed to serve a mission. And oddly enough, it was uh, 
Solomon's lecture, or not Solomon, but Samuel's lecture. Sorry about that. Samuel's lecture to Saul. To obey is better than to sacrifice. To hearken than the fat of lambs. Or rams. And he felt like he needed to obey the voice of the prophet to serve a mission. And so he began to save as much as he could. He began to work very hard day and night to be able to earn enough money. In two years, he had uh, didn't have quite enough money together. Uh, but explained to his brother how much money he should take out of the account each month for the family. And that he would go and serve his mission, having faith that God would indeed provide. He walked away from his job, had provided for his family, and entered the mission field. A week later, he received a severance check, if you will, from his employer that provided the money necessary for him to not only keep his promise to his mother, but to keep his promise to God to serve the mission. His faith grew, and as his faith grew, the blessings grew. And that happens to each and every one of us. Does that mean that if we are living the gospel of Jesus Christ to our fullest extent, to the maximum extent possible, that we will not experience trials? Absolutely. It does not mean that. Sometimes our trials, as I stated previously, are there to provide opportunities for us to humble ourselves and recognize that we cannot do things, everything on our own, and that we need help. And that the Lord will help sometimes through direct, spectacular, divine intervention. More often it will be somebody coming to lend a hand. Or that smile on the street. Many people are unwittingly God's angels because of their desire to just be kind. Once we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're no longer uh, standing in neutral territory. Now we can walk away from that, but once we've received a witness in our hearts 
We may walk away, but we will never be the same. And we will struggle because of that witness. And as we choose to believe, as we choose to act on our faith through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel, uh, partially, yes, but even through service to others, that faith will grow. Even in the face of tremendous adversity, our faith can grow. And that the Lord will support us so long as we have faith and demonstrate that faith. When we choose to put the natural man behind us, when we choose that course and go forward, our faith will grow every day. So you have to ask yourself this question, just like I do. And I will tell you frequently that I find myself, my faith waning or uh, you know, being reduced. Why? It's usually because of me. Because perhaps I didn't pray or perhaps I didn't study uh, as much as I should. But I also know that when things don't seem to be clicking in my mind, I know always to go back to obedience. And check that one. The question isn't, is, is the trials. We'll have trials. I've been blessed, I think, to when I see trials that others have experienced. I feel very blessed to not have experienced the kind of trials that many have. I don't. I think the Lord knows fully well uh, my capabilities and weaknesses, and helps me through the trials that I do have when I ask for help. It's a curious thing at the Book of Mormon, at the end of the Book of Mormon, and I, I'm working on uh, teaching, I get to teach uh, the Sunday school class for the adults this week, and I'm actually pretty happy about that. Um, it's a calling that I've been given um, that I need to, uh, that I need to fulfill, and it's one that I love to do, is to teach. And we'll be teaching the Holy Ghost, and we'll be teaching the house of the Lord. You know, there's a promise at the end of the Book of Mormon that says, if you will ask with real intent, in faith, 
believing. I'm paraphrasing. It's, those words are not there. Don't go hammer me on that. But we have to believe. And if we do believe, we will receive confirmation from the Holy Ghost of the truthfulness of what we are reading and what we are learning. And by the way, the truthfulness of all things can be known through study, research, and prayer. Thank you again so much for listening. Season number three. My view from the rim. As opposed to the Snake River Lib, which is down in the down by the falls and the rapids and and such. This is the overview. Have a blessed day.